International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. What a joy it is to welcome you today. We've come to Friday. We've got the weekend straight ahead of us, and we are looking forward to it. I'm going to be this Lord's Day at the New Heights Baptist Church in Reedsville, North Carolina. That'll be morning and evening, New Heights Baptist Church, Reedsville, North Carolina. And then Monday, we begin the National Sword of the Lord Conference. That'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week, July 17 through 20. And listen, every seat is a free seat. Everybody's a walk-in. So come on and join us. Bring your family, bring folks from your church, and let's have a great National Sword of the Lord Conference. We will be thankful to have you there and trust that you will join us for the opening night next Monday night, July 17. I mean, just three days away now. We're looking forward to it and hope you'll join us and do pray for the conference. America needs to have a great, great turning to God, a great awakening, a great revival. And that's what we're going to be praying that the Lord will give as we meet together at Walkertown, North Carolina. Now, we're going to get right to our message today. This week, we've been looking at a profile of the prodigal taken from Luke 15, the story that Jesus gave about the prodigal son, about his loving father, and of course, the whole family situation there. And today, we're going to look at verses 17, 18, and 19. And I'm calling this one today, His Blessed Revival. Now, here's what's happened. Already this week, Monday, we looked at his rebellious self, talking about the prodigal, his rebellious self. And then Tuesday, we looked at his loving father. Wednesday, we talked about his journey downward. And then yesterday, we talked about his home away from home, talking about the far country and the pigsty. Now, today, we're looking at his blessed revival. He had all of this happening, all of this taking place, left the home place, went down the road to the wrong place, the road to nowhere, wound up in the far country. Well, what's next? What are we looking at next? What is going to happen to him? Well, let's remember a couple of things. Number one, he is a son. He was a son when he was in the father's house. When he went off down the road, he was still a son. When he got to the far country, he was still a son. This parable, this story that Jesus gave is not about an unsaved man. It's about somebody who was a son who got out of the will of God and decided to plunge off into a carnal lifestyle and just do whatever his old flesh wanted to do. Now, he did all of that. Now, you say, is this normal for a Christian? Well, absolutely not. It is not normal. It is not expected. But the question might be asked, is it possible? Well, yes, it is possible. It is, in fact, possible for a Christian to get out of the will of God. They're saved but they're out of the will of God. It is possible for a Christian to be saved and yet be living a carnal, in effect, a sinful lifestyle. Now, that's not going to work well, because even though a Christian can sin, it will not bring them the happiness they thought they were going to get. You remember, now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, no, you're not supposed to sin. You're not supposed to sin. I agree with that. You are not supposed to sin. But remember, 
The epistle of 1 John chapter 1 says, if we, talking about saved sons and daughters of God, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In fact, we have to understand the fact that we became a Christian gave us a new nature, that spiritual nature, but it did not eradicate the old nature. The old nature is still there. That's why that uh, if you're not real careful, you'll wind up doing fleshly things. You'll wind up doing things in line with the devil instead of in line with God. A Christian can, in fact, sin. It doesn't mean they should. It doesn't mean on any given day you ought to cave into that. But a Christian can sin. But when they do, when a Christian does that and decides that they're going to just let that happen day after day and hour after hour, that's not going to produce for them the happiness and the joy that they thought they might get. It may be pleasurable, but it's not going to make them happy long term. That new nature is going to set up a howl. That new nature is going to have some impact, and it's going to be at war. It's going to be in conflict with that old nature. Now, let me just point out, a Christian can get out of God's will yet not be in riotous living. This riotous living that's talked about here by the prodigal is uh, actually a uh, very wicked lifestyle, and it just should not be what anyone should do. So let's read the text here that we're looking at today, talking about his blessed revival. It says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when his father saw him a great way off, he had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, let me just pause in the reading right there to say that a Christian can get out of God's will, yet not be in the riotous living category, just being in the far country, just being down there working in the far country is wrong enough. That's bad enough. Now, whether a person is living in the riotous living, I mean the wicked lifestyle, or just living in the far country out of the will of God, whether it's that first designation or the second one, or both of them, a Christian getting into either one of those scenarios is going to have distress. I'm telling you, his misery index is going to spike in the wrong direction if he does that. Now, then here's what happened. There came a day whenever even though he was miserable, he was having a terrible time. One day he came to himself, the verse says. I mean, you look at all of this, and he compared apples to oranges whenever he looked at what he was doing in the far country and then remembered what it was like back in the father's house, I mean, that's two different things. You compare those, that's not apples to apples, dear friend. That is uh, light to darkness. I mean, that is just not what you want to see happen to anybody. But he's there. He's down there in that miserable circumstance. But there came a day when he said to himself, I think in effect he said, enough is enough. My father's servants have it better than I have it, and I'm, I'm just going to own up to the mess that I've made. And so he did own up to it. Now, not everybody who gets into a situation like this 
has the blessed revival that this man is about to have. You say, why don't they do it? Well, some people are so full of pride, they just can't reverse course. There's some people that are so addicted to the sin that they're involved in, they endure the misery for whatever little dab of pleasure that it brings. And some people are just so stubborn, they could never say to themselves or to God or to anybody else, I was wrong or I have sinned. And whenever you're not willing to admit the dilemma that you've created, I mean, you're not going to have the blessed revival. But here's what he did. He, this prodigal, he admitted to himself, and then he admitted it to his father. He said to himself, came to himself, and he's talking to himself when he says, how many hired servants do my father have? I mean, they're better off than I am. And then when he got to his father, he said to him, Father, I have sinned. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. So he admitted all of this to himself, then to his father. And dear friends, if you want to get right, you're going to have to admit the wrong that you've done. You need to admit it and abandon it and just determine that you are going to get things straightened out. I've seen revival in a few places along the way, and I'm telling you, when revival comes, whether it's one person or a group of people, it's a big deal, it's a beautiful thing, and it is a blessed event. And what a contrast whenever you're living in the will of God or living out of the will of God. In this parable, there are two homes, the one at the Father's house. I mean, it's plush. Everything's good. But you get to the pigsty, what a mess. Two lifestyles. One's moral, the other one's immoral. Two ways of looking at things, uh, whether you want to go with success or failure. I mean, he wound up with two results. Which do you choose? You want plenty or do you want poverty? Well, what a telling, telling experience this is. This man's testimony, he has his regrets. And I'm telling you, dear friend, there are no regrets like what happens when a Christian makes a major, major blunder, makes a misstep like this man made. Now, fortunately, he owned it. He stepped up to the plate and acknowledged that he had a problem, that he'd made a serious blunder. And then as a result of that, he made his way back home. And what a blessed revival this is. Now, I have two questions. Number one, do you think this is possible today? Well, absolutely. Yes, it is. It is possible even though a person has greatly, greatly misstepped, it is possible for them to have this kind of revival and get things back in place. Now, let me be more personal about it. Do you think it is possible for you? I mean, if I'm talking to somebody today and you have drifted, I mean, you have gotten out and away from God, you've gotten out of the will of God, you know you're born again, you know that you're saved. There was a time when you were serving God, but you have fallen by the wayside. Let me ask you, do you think it's possible for you? Well, I'm going to go ahead and answer it and say, yes, absolutely it is. And if you've been away, you've been out of church, uh, maybe you've been in a church that's uh, really drifted and gotten away from the right things, and you've drifted with it. Now, folks, listen, we simply need to determine by God's grace that we're going to yield ourselves afresh and anew and really sign up to let the Lord work and move in our life once again. And you say, well, what do I do? Well, it's a good idea if you just take a little inventory, do an analysis, and let's figure out what kind of shape we're in. Let's figure out what kind of situation we've got. And if we find that indeed we are off course and we're out of the will of God, 
Let's do like the prodigal and first of all admit it to ourself. When you deny things to yourself, I mean, you're just lying to yourself, and that's not a good position to be in. But if you will admit to yourself that there is a problem, admit to yourself you're not where you need to be spiritually, and then determine you're going to abandon the far country. Now, whatever the case, whatever your circumstances, I mean, you may still be living in the same house and be greatly out of the will of God, but you may have things going on in that house. It may have to do with the internet. It may have to do with television. It may have to do with what you're reading. It may have to do with a lot of things. But whenever you've got things going on that are far country related, then determine to abandon those things. I mean, shut them off and determine you're not going to let that be who you are and then return to the Father's house. Go back, make amends with the Father, admit it to yourself first, then admit it to your Heavenly Father. And listen, He'll tell you, you're not hired help. If you are His child, you are in fact a son or a daughter of the living God, and you are in no sense to be treated like hired help. It is a special, wonderful, blessed thing to be a child of God. And even if we as a child misbehave, our Heavenly Father never throws us out. He never throws us under the bus. He never disowns us. But instead, He continues to await our return. He, again, awaits our responsiveness to Him. And He wants us to come back home and to be under the umbrella of the Father's house. Dear friends, the blessed revival the blessed revival that the prodigal had is something that I can have and you can have and whatever missteps we've made, we can have this right relationship with God once again. But if you've done wrong, let's get it right. And I believe you'll be glad that you did. We're looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to National Sword Conference starting Monday, and I trust that you'll join us there. In the meantime, don't hesitate to write to me. I would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until Monday, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend, and goodbye for now.